0: The following program is presented by the Far East Broadcasting Company, because stories of people living out the gospel with their lives inspire all of us. FEBC, taking Christ to the world through radio and new media. Learn more at febc.org.
1: The angels came to tell, not Caesar, not the wealthy, but these anonymous shepherds, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world has been born tonight. And they, they believed.
0: And we believe today. Welcome to First Person and a Christmas Season Conversation with Nancy DeMoss-Walgamuth. Merry Christmas and thanks for joining us. We'll begin with Nancy in just a moment. Next week's program will fall on Christmas or maybe a day later for some of you. And we have a special edition of First Person planned for that day. Master Storyteller Mike Kellogg would join us with a reading from Dickens' A Christmas Carol. Make plans to join us, but if you can't, as always, we'll post the program online and on our smartphone app for you to enjoy. Our website is firstpersoninterview.com, and you'll find that smartphone app in your respective app store free of charge. Using it, you can download programs for listening anytime. Nancy DeMoss Wagamuth of the radio program Revive Our Hearts recently released a book of Advent devotionals called The First Songs of Christmas. Nancy was kind enough to join me online to talk through a few of her devotional thoughts as we prepare to celebrate the Lord's birth. So, Merry Christmas to you who are listening, and Merry Christmas to Nancy DeMoss Wagamuth.
1: Thank you, and Merry Christmas to you.
0: Uh, I want to begin before we open the scriptures and talk about your book, The First Songs of Christmas. I want to open by just asking you if you maybe have a favorite memory of a Christmas past that you'd like to share. And then we'll talk about Christmas present. But I I just wonder if, uh, if you have something from the past that sticks out in your mind. It's just a very special time.
1: There's no doubt as to the answer to that question. And it had to do, uh, this was probably 10 or 12 years ago, and I was invited to go and speak in a women's prison in Arkansas. Wow! And I think it was the day before or the day after Christmas, I'm not sure, but it was Christmas week for sure. And I hear women who were um, doing time for all sorts of reasons, some of them life sentences, a lot of drug addiction issues, a lot of, uh, of course, family issues. I had ministered there before, but I had the joy of going in with a woman who serves in a chaplaincy there who herself was incarcerated in that prison for 12 years. And that's where she met Christ. God changed her life. That's where she discovered Revive Our Hearts Ministry, which is how we connected. And now she ministers to women in that prison. The only— uh, felon to be able to go back in and be in that role in the state of Arkansas. But I'll tell you, those women, Wayne, were so uh, tenderhearted, eager, uh, loving the Christmas story. Some of them, it was very new for them to hear this. And just to be able to love on those women and be loved by them and together from our very different backgrounds to celebrate the wonder and the awe of who Jesus is yeah. and that he came and why he came. It yeah. was it was a deeply moving experience.
0: And I can only imagine how grateful they were and are that they had that opportunity uh, living where they're living, incarcerated, to focus on those things. That must have been a, just a wonderful experience.
1: It was a mutual blessing yeah. uh, for them and for me as well.
0: Yeah, I understand that. All right, that's Christmas past. Let's talk about Christmas present not that you've had that many Christmases with your husband, Robert, now that you've been married, what, is it five or six years you've been married now?
1: We recently celebrated our sixth anniversary, okay. and we celebrate months, so that was actually 72 okay. months. <laughs> I'm about to lose count on that, but, uh, you know, and and put in there COVID and cancer, yes. which has changed a lot of things. Last Christmas, uh, Robert was just finishing up chemo for cancer and so and we were stuck at home but we weren't stuck we were so grateful to have gotten that far in the journey we've now learned that he is in remission complete remission they're telling us and so we're super grateful for that so last christmas he had no hair and this christmas (laughs) thank god he's um he's healthy as far as we know and has all that hair back yeah uh so christmas has been for us over these six years a you know ones like last year, and then a couple of ones that we've shared with Robert's children and grandchildren, which has been a sweet blessing to be adopted into that family and this Christmas, for multiple reasons related to travel and schedules and um, health issues uh, at being careful we are we're staying home we're having lord willing a quiet Christmas, but whether we 're with a crowd or with each other in the Lord's presence. It's it's sweet. Uh, we enjoy it. We celebrate it. I've had my house decorated for longer than most people would probably <laughs> be
0: comfortable hearing about. Why am I not surprised? Um,
1: but And we have Christmas music playing, and it's a worship um, season for us. And so we have traditions. Where we've taken out um, – uh, in the Christmas holidays, we took a, an unsaved couple, older couple, who are – uh, friends of ours live nearby and took them to a um, a Christmas concert, and uh, we've just been praying for them, and so looking for opportunities to invest in others as we also celebrate Christmas with each other.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. And by the way, Robert was with us on First Person just a month ago to give us that report about being in complete remission and to talk about Gunlap, his book. So I'm thankful to both of you for being a part of First Person here uh, Nancy, tell me about the first songs of Christmas. This is an Advent uh, book that you've written, devotional book for Advent season. I, I I wish we could have talked about this before Advent started, but this is the kind of book that you don't have to read just during Advent.
1: Of course. Uh, Christmas really is something we should be thankful for year-round, and I don't mind celebrating parts of it year-round, because where would we be without Jesus yeah. if he had not been born, lived that perfect, sinless life, died on the cross for our sin, been raised again uh, by the power of God and ascended to heaven where he sits on the right hand of the Father. I mean, the whole journey story, what a wonder Mm -hmm. and marvel it is. And it didn't actually start on the first Christmas. It started in eternity past Mm -hmm. when God made this plan. But I do think it's special during the month of December if not all year round, to reflect on Christ. We hear so much music during this season, and some of it is glorious and points us to Christ. Others, Other songs are uh, fun, but maybe not as meaningful. Right. But the best songs of Christmas are the ones found in the Gospel of Luke, five or six of them, depending on how you count. Uh, when I wanna say songs, they're poetry. They uh, weren't necessarily sung or intended to be sung, but they're beautiful celebrations of through the eyes of different individuals from different backgrounds who observed that first Christmas from different vantage points. So this devotional is broken up into daily portions, readings through the month of December, but again, could be done anytime to t- just unpack. Those different songs of Christmas and to reflect on them and to say, what did it mean to those first observers of Christmas and what does it mean to us as we celebrate the coming of Christ?
0: Well, it is so worshipful to go through these devotionals each day, Nancy, so thanks for putting this together. Uh, We'll have information about the book, of course, in our program notes at firstpersoninterview.com. I wonder if we can focus, as time permits, on one or two of the songs, though. And I appreciate you mentioning that we, we think of them as songs. They're really poetry. They're, they're Something just comes from the heart, right? Isn't that the point?
1: What else I love about them is that as the hinge is turning from the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, which basically rendered the whole human race guilty. We knew we could not keep God's law. So we, we come to the end of the Old Testament. We have a curse pronounced on those who do not obey God's law, which is all of us. And then you have 400 years of silence. God says nothing. And you have generations who are waiting and wondering and hoping and longing and knowing that they are condemned under the law, but and, and that God has promised he would send a Messiah A redeemer, a savior, but where is he? And why is nothing happening? And, you know, if we have to wait four days, we get super impatient or four hours sometimes, but here, 400 years. And then you have the opening that hinge to the new covenant, the gospel of God's grace. And, and you have these participants in that first uh, Christmas and they're reflecting many of them on Old Testament promises and they're celebrating that God has pierced the darkness with his light. He has come from heaven. He has descended. He has condescended to become a man to be born among us, to live among us, to, uh, to die for us. And so they reflect back with gratitude and worship on the promises that God has fulfilled. But they also celebrate the coming of Christ. And as we read these passages, of course, we're looking back on the coming of Christ, the first Christmas, but we also have this hope in our hearts that he will come again. So we celebrate we look forward to we celebrate his first coming we anticipate the promises of God being fulfilled that Christ will return yeah. and the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdom of our Christ <laughs> and of his God and he will reign forever and ever. Amen. I mean it's such Even a so joyous so come celebration. Lord Jesus yeah. Amen amen. Yeah. Well let's
0: let's turn to the scripture. Let's turn to Luke chapter 1 and look at one of these songs that you write about devotionally in your book The First Songs of Christmas. If I may Let me read the lead-up to uh, Mary's Magnificat, and I'll ask you to read her words then. But let me start in verse uh, 39 of Luke chapter 1, reading from our CSB Bibles. In those days, Mary set out and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judah, where she entered Zechariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped inside her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and your child will be blessed. How could this happen to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For you see, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped for joy inside me. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill what he has spoken to her.
1: And as I read Mary's Magnificat, just keep in mind that the Elizabeth you were just reading about, she's an elderly woman who is just received the longed-for child, has been told she will receive a child, she will be given a child who will be John the Baptist. And then we have Mary, who is probably 14 years of age or so. Mm -hmm. So you have this young woman who not only celebrates how she is blessed, as Elizabeth has said, blessed are you, but she lifts her eyes up and she says, Christ is blessed. So look at verse 46, and Mary said, my soul praises the greatness of the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, because he has looked with favor on the humble condition of his servant. He's the Savior. I'm the servant. Mm. Surely from now on, all generations will call me blessed. That's what we're doing today. Because the Mighty One has done great things for me, and his name is holy. His mercy is from generation to generation on those who fear him. He has done a mighty deed with his arm. He has scattered the proud because of the thoughts of their hearts. All of this, by the way, being quoted from Hannah's prayer in First Samuel. So she knew those passages. She knew the
0: Old Testament, didn't she?
1: He has toppled the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has satisfied the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel remembering his mercy to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he spoke to our ancestors.
0: And there's more of this Advent devotional with Nancy demoss Wagamuth coming up in a moment on First Person. I'm Ed Cannon. The Far East Broadcasting Company partners with First Person because we celebrate the stories of people everywhere who have given their lives to Christ and serve him. Our broadcasters in 50 countries of the world hear stories every day of people whose lives are transformed by the gospel and who have faithfully been taught God's Word. In addition to First Person, I'm pleased that Wayne and I host a podcast, and we invite you to join us. Listen to Until All Have Heard at febc.org. That's febc.org. My guest is Nancy DeMoss-Walgamuth, the author of many books, including an Advent devotional, The First Songs of Christmas, which we're talking about on First Person here with Nancy today. And we just heard from Luke chapter 1, one of those songs, The Song of Mary. You mentioned this is a young woman, perhaps 14. We don't know for certain. Uh, Perhaps she could read, perhaps not. Talk more about what uh, what our imagination can uh, bring up about Mary.
1: Well, she's such a contrast to the older Elizabeth, but both of these women meet together. You have the older woman and the younger woman celebrating the grace and the redemption of God. Mary, of course, lived in the northern part of Israel in uh, the town of Nazareth, and Uh, She probably could not read commentators tell us that she was probably illiterate, but she knew those Old Testament writings. She knew the scriptures. And not only did she know them, but she believed them. And here, you know, uh, she's had this angel visitor who's told her she's going to have a child. She makes her way down south to Judea, uh, probably 80-some miles and by herself, we don't know, but that's a big, scary journey for a young girl in without modern transportation. And the, the older woman encourages Mary to believe the promises of God. And she says, blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill what he has spoken to her. And so here she finds, and Mary, Mary finds a woman who has also experienced the fulfillment of God's promises. And the older woman encourages faith. In the younger woman, Mary did believe God, and Elizabeth said, "You're going to be blessed because of that." Now, the blessing of God would—it was undeserved. We think of Mary. Uh, some traditions put a whole lot of focus on Mary, and maybe not enough on Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then I think there's some of our traditions that put um, not enough focus right. on Mary. Yeah, the Scripture gives her a lot yes. of airplay here, yep. and and she's. She's a servant of the Lord, but God looked with favor on her, and and he calls her blessed uh, because she believes God's promises. But she reminds us that God's promises are for us, too, Mm -hmm. for the humble, for the lowly, for the weak, for the hungry, for the poor, for the needy. He has done great things for us through sending Christ to us.
0: Can you imagine Luke talking to Mary about these things and having her recount to him that whole experience?
1: And of course, Luke is a medical doctor, physician, yes, so he, yeah, right. he cared a lot about these details. <laughs> and he knew um, that women like Elizabeth and Mary shall, uh, how can I say this delicately, don't have babies. <laughs> I mean, this is like you know Elizabeth and John, uh, Zachariah having a baby. This is like you know, Robert and me having a baby—it's not going to happen unless God intervenes. Yeah, never Mary say never, having, right? <laughs> never say never. Well, um, Mary never having been intimate with a man, this was impossible. But that's the nature of the gospel: is that we could not save ourselves. As a woman, I—I I think of Mary, and you know, she's really a counter type to Eve, oh, yes. the first woman. Yeah. At any given moment in our lives. We're reflecting the heart of Eve or the heart of Mary, Mary's heart being one of worship and submission and faith. And I just know that's the kind of responder I want to be to the gospel. Wonderful.
0: Yeah. Well, I urge our listeners to read more of your thoughts on this song, this song, one of many in the book, The First Songs of Christmas by Nancy Wolgemuth. Um I think we have time here. and I really want to go to perhaps my favorite song of all, and that's Simeon's song. Um, Simeon was this uh, old man in Jerusalem. His name was Simeon. He was righteous and devout. And uh, I would just like to hear you talk about Simeon's song and what you share in your book,
1: Nancy. Well, Simeon and Anna, two elderly people yeah, true. who were found yeah. in the temple when Mary and Joseph took the newborn child, according to how the law prescribed, to dedicate him to the Lord, fulfilling all the, promise, all the covenant requirements. And so Simeon is one of these two elderly people who met Jesus with his parents there in the temple. And Simeon, it's revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that this is the promised Messiah. And it says in uh, Luke chapter 2, verse uh, 28, Now Simeon took him, the baby, up in his arms. I don't know if he lifted the baby up or he just held the baby, but you can kind of picture this elderly man and this uh, newborn baby, and he praised God. He worshiped, and he said, Now, Master, you can dismiss your servant in peace. As you promised, for my eyes have seen your salvation. You have prepared it in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people, Israel. Now that doesn't strike us as being too outlandish, but to first century readers and those who would have read this gospel of Luke, this was amazing. Though promised in the Old Testament that the light of the gospel, the Messiah would come for both Jews and Gentiles. The Jews had come to believe that it was only for them. They were the only ones who would receive. The Gentiles were scum. They were <laughs> the refuse of the earth. They were not deserving of anything, and they forgot that no one was deserving of God's grace. Yeah. And then God intended for them to be a means through which his promised salvation would come to be a light to the whole world. And Wayne, that's why we're here today talking sure. about the light of Christ, yeah. about the light of the gospel, because Christ was born to be a light for us and for his people, Israel. So we think of the Jewish people as not believing in Christ, but the day will come, Scripture tells us, when many of them will believe mm-hmm. and be saved. So we celebrate that too.
0: Indeed. I should not have left Anna out of this story. She's she's right there as well. You want to say a word about her?
1: Well, she doesn't. she's not actually one of the songs, but the reason I love including her here is that when she saw this child and it was revealed to her that this was Christ, she'd been praying and waiting. and uh, She does two things that I think are such appropriate responses for us today. One is worship, which you see in all these songs of Christmas. But the other is witness says she began to speak about him to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. And as you think about this next week, this Christmas week, what two better ways could we spend our days, our time? Worship upward to God, giving him thanks, blessing him, and then witness telling others that Christ has come to save us From our sin. So Robert and I are looking for opportunities. We have been through this Advent season praying, asking God, Lord, who can we tell? Who needs Jesus? Who needs to know this good news? And so, old or young, uh, Jewish, Gentile background, shepherds, whatever our background, or they they differ the backgrounds of Mm -hmm. these singers of that celebrators that first Christmas. But we want to be among those who come and see and worship and then also give witness to the wonder of what has come yeah. to pass.
0: Yeah, very well said. Well, let's give listeners an idea of some of the other songs. We won't have time to go in depth on any of them, but uh, what are some of the other songs that you you cover in this Advent devotional?
1: Well, I just referenced the shepherds, but the song that came to them was from angels. So, you could not think of any two pe- two groups of people that were <laughs> more disparate than right, shepherds right. who were the yeah. low they were the labor force, working the midnight shift yep. kind of course, and, but they knew about sheep. Uh-huh. They were preparing sheep for sacrifice. And I'm often these reminded by did. my
0: friends that they were the lowly shepherds, and uh, somehow they uh, pick on this shepherd about that, so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. Uh, but here the angels came to tell, not Caesar, not Herod, not the wealthy, but these anonymous shepherds the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world has been born tonight. So through all of these, you see just different backgrounds, but all worshiping, giving thanks as they encourage us to do. So we sing with them. We sing with the saints of the past. We sing with those women incarcerated uh, at McPherson Women's Prison. We sing with family. We celebrate with Uh, saints around the world, some of them in prison for their faith today. We lift our eyes up and we celebrate by faith the return of Christ, where faith will become sight, and forever, for all eternity, we will celebrate the wonder of Christ coming to this earth.
0: Even so, come Lord Jesus. You've been listening to Nancy DeMoss-Walgamuth and her Advent season thoughts from her book, The First Songs of Christmas. If you haven't taken time as yet to prepare your heart for this week's celebration, please start. We'll place a link to Nancy's book and ministry at FirstPersonInterview.com. As we come closer to Christmas and then the start of a new year, I'm very grateful for the support of the Far East Broadcasting Company who make it possible to bring you these interviews. FEBC is a remarkable gospel-centered organization that is reaching millions of people every day through radio and new media. Listen to the podcast until all have heard when you visit the website febc.org. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. Join us next time for First Person.